You suffer from that queasy, drop-in cabin pressure airsick feeling? Good news, everyone! It's Jake C. Lee. I'll never survive in here. I'm too pretty. You know what? You just made the list! It's Dopey Zoppy Quiet, you idiot. Well, who asked you, you little vermin? It's Chris B. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. Don't get your gotch in a, in a bunch, eh? Sorry. It's all in sports. But we're terrible! Thank you, all of you idiots, you suckers! And it's all you need. Game on, everybody! It is all in sports! Jake Seeley, Joe Fizik, Chris <laughs> So glad you were with us. Happy Halloween, everybody! Oh, we got a big show, as always. Follow me at All In Kid, you know that. Follow Joe Pizapia at Joe Pizapia17. Chris Meany is at Chris Meany. Both very simple, both easy to find. Make sure you sign up over the Patreon page. It is patreon.com front slash all in sports, just like the show. So you can support us, be part of the show, be part of what we're doing and trying to build. You get your input, you get your whatever, like you help build what we're trying to build because you're a part of us. So that's how we see it. We want to do this for you as we try to do our thing over here. And there's different levels. You can kind of just see how things are out at the lower one, jump up to better levels. You get all the shows. You get Joe P's Black Book, football, baseball, T-shirt discount, all sorts of things. So go over there, help us out. Uh, you might even get a follow for me for the season. You never know. That's a very select group of people. Yeah. I know. They're right there. So happy Halloween, guys. How you guys doing? I'm doing great, man. Excited to get the kids out trick-or-treating. And uh, we have the NFL trade deadline. That was a lot of fun. So we got a lot to talk to uh, in terms of fantasy. And and I, I think I think there was like an insult somewhere in there, though, Chris, where he's like, uh, did you call us simple? Like, it could, you know, I think you just like. No, I said easy. Back. I said easy. Oh, like, Twitter handles to find. Oh, I thought Twitter he just called us names. easy. Yeah, he just called us easy. Well, I don't know if that's a compliment. Maybe. I don't know. I'll let that know is that on Patreon, tomorrow is going to be. Oh, my God. Can you guys hear the power? No, I can't. But you can. So you're going to stop the show for it. So. I, well, I, because he's next to my window. And I was just the assuming. The show's never going to get going. I mean, it's like the third time we had to start the show because of your stupidity. That's yeah, I like right. that name, All in Sports. It's a good name. Yeah, it is. Anyway, tomorrow's November 1st, and you know what that means, Jake? Yeah. It's the best time to sign up on Patreon because you have a whole fresh month there where you get all the content going forward now if you sign up for one of the tiers over on Patreon, which is great because now you're like, oh, I don't want to sign up on the 31st because I'll get double charged for the October, no November. No, no, no. November 1st, you get a fresh, fresh slate. You get to go forward here with us and All In Sports. And it's the best time. So I expect a whole lot of signups, and I expect to give away a Keenan Allen jersey as well very soon. How about you, Meanie? You dressing up for Halloween? I'm not, but I was interested to hear what your kids are going to dress up as. Uh, well, let's see. The older one is Harley Quinn, and the uh, younger one is Katana, also from the uh, superhero girl. So uh, very uh, cool. I, the younger one always finds an excuse for a sword. She's been Darth Vader, lightsaber. <laughs> She's been um, – this is, this is true. I could go back. She was a pirate. She was Darth Vader. I'm trying to think of what she was last year. But, like, basically – She's always found a way to work a weapon into each one of her costumes, and uh, that's why I love her so damn much. Say, I was I was saying, where's that from? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, but the older one, like, Are you proud or scared? Uh, both, both. I'm proud and scared, and but more proud because I mean, I always found a way to, to somehow get a weapon if I could, and now I teach sword fighting for a living. So I mean, you know, what what are you gonna do? It sounds good to me. I love Here's the good perfect. news, Joe. 
uh-huh. is, is that when she gets to dating age, you kind of don't even have to worry about it. Like she's got herself handled. <laughs> like, she's going to be well, able to protect herself. Well, that's what I was always said. Cause people are like, Oh boy, she's really cute. And, and they both are they're both very cute little girls. And I was like, they're like, oh, but you better be worried about the boys. I'm like, no, not with the little one. I think the boy should be worried about her, really. Like, she's just, you know, like, if I were them, I would not wrong her in any way, shape, or form. Like, don't, like, ghost her or not call her back or whatever, because she'll come to your house with a sword. I mean, she pretty much will. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's what you know. You get to, well, I guess your kids, because I don't I think anybody listening to this show is hopefully. <laughs> that's a who. All right. That's, that's a who. That's a hey. Hey. Oh. NFL trade deadline. Right, well, let me ask you Wowzers. guys. Yes. So that was my reaction, Chris. And then I got, I, of course, so this is going to tie well into my article for today on the site is this is going to, I got the, well, actually last year's was pretty big too. And I'm like, I really don't think it was this impactful for fantasy football purposes. Am I wrong? Like was, I don't remember last year being this crazy. I don't even remember actually one trade. Jay Ajayi sticks out to me. That yeah, was the one. Jai, That was it, right? Yeah. I think there was one other one, I feel like, off the top of my head. But you guys talk about, you know, that, yeah. and then I'll look. Hold, hold know, on, hold on. Like, I, got the, I got the tracker. I just pulled it up. as It's the Google machine as we're doing this. Oh, look at you. Oh, uh, oh wait. No, this is a stupid. Damn you, slideshows. I don't want a slideshow of the trade deadline. Anyway. but Yesterday then, reminded me of, and I know it wasn't a trade deadline, but a few years oh, ago. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that was a big one. Oh, that was a big no, one. He, but he that didn't go anyway, right? Well, or is that, did that happen at the trade deadline? It's it says trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, that's what it says. Jimmy Garoppolo, Seahawks acquire uh, Dwayne Brown, Marcel's Darius. Count. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it does uh, not count. Oh, and Kelvin Benjamin. That was the other one. Kelvin Benjamin. To yeah, the, that doesn't really uh, count either. Yeah, bigger names. I feel like. Yeah. So Jai and Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. So it was a pretty. Uh, I mean, there were some names. I this year's I think trumps it. It does. Yeah, I, would, I, I would agree. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Give her mud. <laughs> Don't call there me, you buddy. Go. Don't call me, buddy. Uh, you know, this, this yesterday, remind, I know it wasn't trade deadline, but it reminded me when LaShawn McCoy was dealt, and then we had Jimmy Graham dealt. Remember that week in football? It was like, whoa, these, these big names came out of any, nowhere. And then yesterday, it was like Demarius Thomas. Now he's not going to get dealt. He's not going to get dealt. I was talking to a couple Bronco fans. Ah, they're bummed out. Nobody wants this guy. No one wants to take him, take him on. And then all of a sudden, boom, Demarius Thomas is dealt. And, and then the chips just fall. And sometimes you see that in other sports. When one move happens – the other move happens, right? We saw Amari Cooper last week. The Eagles were in on Amari Cooper. They wanted a little piece of him. That didn't happen. We can laugh that at the end of the day, Amari Cooper went for a first-round pick. And then Demarius Thomas goes, the Eagles in on Demarius Thomas. And then they go, the fallback option is Tate. So then you start to see all these chips fall. And then Montgomery, you know, has the freak out. And that, that was riding on the wall. I was waiting all day for that to happen. I'm glad yeah. the NFL trade deadline is getting more interesting because it used to be a complete matter waste of time for most of our childhood. I mean, every now and then, once in a blue moon, you get one big deal. But outside of that, it's kind of ho-hum. You know, MLB is huge. NBA has gotten big over the years, certainly, too. But I think what you're seeing now also is a lot of teams that are more apt to turn over rosters. I think the way the slotting has worked uh, in the NFL draft is changing the dynamic of things as well. So all that factors into what I think is very fun. But the, the fun part is now trying to decipher how are these guys going to be impactful on their new teams and how, you know, it's not like, you know, you trade a pitcher over to another team. Well, he's still the same pitcher he was, you know, pretty much, you know, you trade an NFL player, you got to learn the playbook. You got to understand, you know, certain systems and how they fit into that system. So I think it's a lot trickier to fit in on a new team in a week. 
And how well, about Demarius good... Thomas, Jake, who stays in? in I, know, I made that joke yesterday. I was like, does he even? So, do or does he just wait for the team saw... to show up? Like, hey guys, we did Black Book yesterday, morning. and uh, it should come out I think this morning. But uh, we did the same thing. It's like I guess he gets extra frequent flyer miles or something like that. <laughs> yeah, how yeah. weird is that going to be for him? Just to you know, it's play his former team in Denver and just kind of hang out there. It's or, hey, it's the immediate. Re- it's the quickest revenge game in the history of football. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So from an NFL level perspective, we got to do everybody does this. Who do you think really won the trade deadline yesterday? I said, I think it's the Eagles. I know a lot of people are out there like a third. Okay. Yeah. Because the third round success rate is so amazing, but they basically you alluded to it. Chris is we watched the Cowboys give up a first for Amari Cooper. Who's essentially to this point of his career is a bust. And then you look at, or for what people expect. And if you look at Golden Tate, who's a pro bowler, who's one of the most consistent, most reliable wide receivers year in and year out, and not even just talking from a fancy perspective, and they give up a third to add him to that offense, which you they were already churning along with Nelson Aguilar as the number two. Like, I, I just think the Eagles are like, if you told me who won yesterday as a team, I think it's the Eagles. I, I would agree with that for sure. I mean, they... It's the third round pick is it's a steep price to pay for sure, but they have some picks next year where, you know, it doesn't really matter. And if Tate walks, they'll get some compensation, you know, in a, in a couple of years. So I think it's a move that they needed. A lot of people were looking at running backs. I, I was also looking at them maybe getting a running back, but I think they're just getting, they're just happy with rotating with what they have. And the offensive line is an issue with Lane Johnson out several weeks. Wentz has been hit a lot. They they've had essentially no run game. So I think that this offense is going to be, you know, they're going to throw the ball a ton. I think Wentz is going to throw it and it's going to be quick strike. So Tate is a really good addition. I think he's from a fantasy standpoint, it's kind of, maybe it's the same, but it's, it's not better. I would say it's a slight downgrade actually. Like there's three games where Tate has double digit targets. I think he's coming off a 12 or 13 target game. I don't feel like that's going to happen often in Philadelphia. He could potentially be the second option, but I still think he'll be third behind. I think it stays Jeffrey and even. Yeah, but how many games do you realistically think that Tate's going to get 13 targets? No, no, no. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Like NFL-wise, Joe, are you on the Eagles too, or do you think somebody else? Uh, well, I, I definitely think that it helps the Eagles. I definitely think they need another weapon. I'm not really concerned about the Eagles running game because if uh, memory serves, how many uh, rushing touchdowns did Jay Ajayi have last year? Anyone? How, how many running backs does Doug Peterson like to employ? He like zero red zone rushing attempts last season. Right. So that my point is this. My point is they're kind of, you know, in, in some ways a bit of a mirror of the Patriots where their version of the run game is those short passes where you can get guys like Aguilar, get guys like Zach Ertz involved. And I think that's how they move the football. And I think it's, it's a great win for Carson Wentz. In terms of who won the trade deadline, I mean, I know this is this might be a bit of a facetious answer, but – I think the Detroit Lions, and, and I'll tell you why, because they got a pick. They are moving forward with Kenny Galladay, who I think could be a star in this league. It's going to open up more opportunity also volume-wise for on Johnson. So I think this was actually a really cagey and move. And they weren't bringing back Tate. And no, they weren't bringing weren't. back Tate anyway. So for me, I, I think they might have won. Now, they're not a playoff team necessarily, but – Playoffs. Playoffs, but I think that they've no actually won I, I, well, in see, terms so of going think, forward. Future. Here's, the, here's a crazy thought, Joe, as people should realize in fantasy. The trade helped both teams. Mm. Wow. wow. What a concept. Like, as you were saying that, I'm thinking about it too. I was like, you know what? I don't know necessarily they're going to contend for anything, but 
the Broncos kind of won too. I mean, they got a pick for Demarius Thomas, who they're probably going to cut after this year. They get to move Sutton into the starting line. It's very similar to the Lions. They didn't get as much of a trade value, but similar situation. And then the Houston Texans improved because they just lost Will Fuller and they replaced him with Demarius Thomas. Look, both teams got better. Yes. Do you want to give up something of value? No. I would love to be able to say, hey, Joe, here's, I, I don't know, Theo Riddick. Can you give me James Conner and Kareem Hunt? Thank you. Like, I, I would love to be able to well, do that. But the, the trades need to help both teams. I know who lost the trade deadline. Who? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they didn't do anything. Yeah, because they didn't they, do they anything. They couldn't do anything. But why couldn't they have traded Le'Veon Bell? Because you, you can't. He has to sign the tender first. They can't trade him without him signing the tender. But wouldn't if they had said, "Look, we're going to give you a situation where you get out of here and you play, and everyone can move on." You, no, because he doesn't want to. That's what I've been saying. This, that's why nobody believes me. I've been saying a week eleven this entire time. He doesn't want to play anywhere else because he knows the situation he has. This is the whole argument we've been having this whole season. Is like how much of it is actually the team, and how much of it is actually Le'Veon Bell. Now that we've seen the success of James Conner, he knows what he has with the Steelers. He knows the Steelers might be bitter and not even work him to death when he comes back. Why go anywhere else? You get your five, six games. I think it's five, what, six games of contract. So you get six games, you get your free agency, you get everything you want, you show up week 11, and you don't have to leave the city. I just, this is why I said this from day one. He wasn't coming back to week 11. What a mess. What a mess. I thought that with Bell, too. And then I look at other teams like the Buffalo Bills, and I see LaShawn McCoy. Don't you just want to pick for him? Like why? Right. So that's why have no, that's where I th- I thought you were going to joke and say the Giants because they went to they did the worst thing possible and you know I've been ragging on the Giants the entire time but the, they go into fire sale ahead of time which is kind of smart this is like the Giants look like they were doing what people do in baseball Joe we, and Chris we talk about this all the time is they start selling before everybody else so you don't have to worry about you know the whole like okay well now I have the competition you kind of like jump in front and get the val- the volume better um, but if you look at it. They do this, and then you get to the trade deadline, and they don't trade Norris Jenkins. They don't trade Olivier Vernon. They don't trade anything else. So they just went, fire sale. Uh, okay, we stopped. Yeah. Kind of like their season, half ass. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you know, you know, when you're looking at the trade deadline and things like that and, and looking where the value was these picks, I guess we're going to get into it later too. But I, I think it is wise to point out that both teams should want to win in a trade it's not all about one-sidedness. And I think that's where people get so frustrated in fantasy leagues where, hey, here's a bunch of my crap, and I'm going to pile a bunch of my crap up, and it's going to equal your best player. I mean, why do people do that still? I just don't understand. It's Instead of just looking and saying, hey, what are your needs? What are my needs? Let's try to work out something and try to find something that's mutually beneficial, that helps both rosters, that makes sense, where everybody's dealing from strength to help their weaknesses. It just makes sense. I just don't understand why people are so frustrated. But I will say this, too. Look at all the wide receivers that have gotten traded this year. And I think that's also speaking to the impact of the rule changes in the league and where the NFL is now. Wide receivers who have talent, who can really create on their own, who, you know, I mean, I know Demarius Thomas is 30. I get all that and stuff. But, like, guys who can still play at that position are highly valuable in this league and are difference makers because of the style of football. So just keep that in mind, too, from a fantasy perspective next year about wide receivers, too. Those three-for-one trades and four-for-one trades are completely annoying. When I get them, I just kind of shake my head a little bit. Like, who am I dropping? Like, I got to drop three guys now to, 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 to make this deal happen. You know, another deal I think that went underrated is Devontae Fowler to the Rams. Like, how good are the Rams? to just? That's just a sneaky one that went under the radar. You know, you get... You get Fowler, who 
was a highly touted pick, has had some struggles, you know, staying on the field, but he can play. <laughs> and he, he, this pass rush is is phenomenal. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what's going on with the Rams. It's funny, that, didn't we just talk about that on Monday show? I feel like we talked about them dealing one of the pass rushers. You and we, I did. You and uh, I did. Ah, uh, yes, you and I did. That's right. And what I said you show. deal one of your pass rushers, and you continue to move on and get better if you're the Jaguars. Well, see, the Jaguars should have done more too. He's like, they yeah. should have. Yeah, that's why I'm so annoyed. Like I said that's why I'm. Well, they're asking price for Campbell is probably too high. That's probably what it was. They also feel like they're in it. No, they I traded mean, last week for Carlos Hyde. Like they, the division is still up for grabs, <laughs> as, as bad as they played. Right, yeah, but, but you got to hedge your bets if you're the Jaguars. You got to have an eye for this year. I was, that's why I was going back to what I was saying about the Giants. You didn't need to. You were you already went to all full hard sale. We're done. We're moving to the future, and then you hit the brakes. Like it, it, like Chris said. You know, no, you okay? Maybe the Landon Collins. I understand Landon Collins because he's young. He's one of the better safeties. Uh, you know, you're hoping he comes back. Uh, obviously, if they lose him, it's going to look terrible. But if you bring him back, it's fine. Okay, that's cool. The Janoris Jenkins thing. Uh, you know what? I want to quick ask you guys about this. I don't know. Um, you probably didn't because you don't follow the Giants like I do. But I don't know if you saw they actually interviewed both Jenkins and Collins yesterday during the trade deadline lead up and asked them, you know, their thoughts and how they were feeling and stuff like that. And they had completely polar opposite reactions. And I'm kind of curious if you guys were in the simpler situation or when you hear them, do you like one more than the other? So they went to Landon Collins and he kind of gave the, like, the whole frustrated answer. Like, I understand, you know, I'm just going to play. I can't be consumed with that. You know, uh, you know, this is where I am. This is what I've given my blood, sweat, and tears to. I'm here to make this team better. So like a good response, but kind of like obviously frustrated with the whole talk. Janoris Jenkins, on the meanwhile, is like, it's all good, man. I'm going to go out there and bowl no matter where I am. It happens every single year. Business is business, man. It's all good. And I say man because he really did. He kept, he was like, it's all good, man. It's kind of like, he almost sounded like he should be in a 70s, like, like video or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, but that's the thing. It's like, so you have the frustrated guy, but he's still saying the right things. I'm going to play hard no matter where I am and what I've built for the Giants is important to me. And then you have Jenkins who's like, it's all good. Whatever. This is what happens. It's a business, but I'm going to play hard no matter where I am. Well, I much prefer the latter. I mean, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, I understand the frustration because there's a dichotomy there, but you're a professional athlete and you want to win because you've been raised your whole life as a winner. Chances are, if you were a great player in peewee football or, you know, I don't know, in, in Little League Baseball, if you were, like, the best player on the team, chances are you're used to winning. And then you go to high school and you're, like, a highly regarded person. Chances are you're in a winning culture. It's not a lot, boy, you know, that team went 0-16, but they've got the next Peyton Manning on their team. I mean, that doesn't happen necessarily. So from a competitive aspect, I think a lot of people have a hard time with losing because they are not used to it. So when they get to this right. level and they realize, well, this is the best of everybody, it becomes difficult. But the, the latter is the professional way to take. And I think the better – you know, situation for the locker room because everybody's got to look around each other and look and say, you know what? The reason this is happening is partially on us. We haven't played well enough as a unit. We haven't done as good as we should be doing on the field. And it's funny how everybody wants to put it on the organizations looking, you know, ahead and blah, blah, blah. How about you guys stop losing? How about you guys playing defense? How about you guys stepping up and making plays when you're supposed to? And then maybe your best friend doesn't get traded. Take a look in the mirror. Play some defense. Take a look in the mirror, son. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Oh, yeah. 
That was good. Uh, Chris, to play devil's advocate real quick, <laughs> off Joe there, like we always do. Or, or, what about the fact that maybe Landon Collins is doing all that? He's, you know, he can only control one of 11 guys himself on defense. He's playing his ass off. He's frustrated with this team. He's frustrated maybe with teammates who are doing what Joe's saying, aren't playing well, aren't doing what they should be doing to help this team win. And, you know, he's tired of hearing it because, you know, he understands his business. But you know what? That kind of shows the fact that, He's going to keep doing him no matter how bad things are, but he's frustrated with everything in general. Like, yeah, he yeah. wants to win. Like, I just, like I said, I'm not, not arguing against Joe. Just playing devil's advocate for you to, you know, be able to chime in your, your side of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get both sides of it. I understand both attitudes. I've, you know, been on winning teams and losing teams, and, and everybody else has as well. You, you know, one guy will, you know, take it lightly, and another guy will, you know, can't, like Joe said, can't, handle losing can't handle the culture of the locker room they want things to change and i i'm okay with both sides like i said no you missed it i'm okay with one guy handle the truth <laughs> handle well, the truth i was trying to let it go but whatever <laughs> i'm okay with somebody stepping up and and being pissed off and not all right with what how how things are going in the right. Giants locker room so uh yeah i have no problem with both sides i'd i'd rather honestly have that guy who cares in the locker room who's who's ticked off and who you know wants things to change and is is tired of the same questions week in and week out and and it's all surrounded by effort to me with the giants every time i hear a post-game conference or I watch the football games, I see a lack of effort myself and I hear the questions after and it's frustrating. So I don't, I don't mind like either of their standpoints and I mean, enough's enough really. And you, you need people like that to step up and be pissed. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree with that. All right. So fantasy perspective to go back, let's circle back to the golden Tate Cause you started that and brought that up first, Chris. Golden Tate, I said stays the same because I agree with you. The, 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 you can't have the same market share because he had 27% with the Lions. You know who has 27% for the Eagles is Zach Ertz. And so it's going to drop for everybody. Like I, I retweeted Michael, Mike Clay's tweet yesterday. I said, this is the perfect breakdown. I don't need to go further. He did it for me. He saved everybody else the time. Is It was Zach Ertz is at 27%. I think Alshon Jeffrey was like 23. Yeah. And he goes, they basically go back to last year's number, which was like 23, 24, and 21. So there's about a 3 4% point drop off. Golden Tate was at 27. He probably falls into around that. Alshon Jeffrey, maybe 20%. But... He's in an offense that has been and has going to is going to score more. He's going to be a little bit more efficient in that regard with the quarterback play because Stafford's good and Stafford's good for fantasy, but Carson Wentz is definitely outplaying him. So that's where I say it's it's a net no change for me. If I oh, it's had, completely flat. I think it's th- see that's my opinion. And if I had <laughs> had to pick one or the other. I would say negative, but of the slightest margin. But I say I say flat, like you say, Jim. No, see, I, I say negative too if I had to pick one but flat I think is the the more basic one because what is Golden Tate after all Golden Tate is the better PPR version I mean if you look at last year Marvin Jones had more touchdowns Golden Tate had more receptions and and you know when you look at all said and done it depends on what format you're playing in and I don't know if I'm sure Golden Tate will have a couple good games here down the stretch where he plays above expectations and most of the time I think he's going to play a little bit around just an average kind of wide receiver two-ish kind of situation he's in your lineup every week Mm-hmm. But this isn't a big win just because he goes to the Eagles and Carson Wentz because Jeffrey still, I think, has more red zone appeal than he does, kind of like on his own team. I, I kind of feel like he basically went to the same situation where there's a guy who has more touchdown upside than him and uh, a, you know, a situation where it's like, eh, yeah, no running game, so that's, that's positive. He pretty much went to a different version of the Lions with a better quarterback. 
Yeah, and I mean, for owners bummed out, you get the second bye week coming. At least on the flip side, you get a couple weeks to, you know, learn the playbook and and whatnot. Yeah, I he will be the third option. I still think he'll be the third option. Like Carson Wentz loves himself some Zach Ertz. Like it's especially on third down, but it is nice to have another slot wide receiver, one who's got better hands in Aguilar, one that runs crisper routes and obviously more experience. So it's a win at the end of the day for the Eagles and Carson Wentz. I think he's the biggest winner of that deal. You can look on the other side of it and talk about the lines all you want and Galladay stepping up. And I agree with you, Joe, I think he's going to be a player in this league as well, but um, it's a, it's a good football move for Philadelphia. You guys mentioned Ajay. This is the same time last year where they made that move and, and they, and they got Ajay. So Elshon Jeffrey takes away that top coverage. It could leave some, some open options for Golden State, but I don't see, I just don't, again, what I said earlier, I just want to see too many games where he's having, 13 to 15 targets and seven grabs and over 100 yards. But he's going to no. chime in. You're going to play him in PPR formats, but I would say so. Oh, yeah. You, you know the one definitive answer we have? Nelson Aguilar. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. You're, you're toast, buddy. Yeah, you can Not that he was doing that much value before that. No, he really wasn't. The first couple of weeks, but that was it. Yeah. If you can't produce in this situation, I don't know what to tell you. No. And, and in, the, in the red zone, they will look Ertz's way. And then Elshon. Still <laughs> but meh. That's right, meh. meh. Let's continue and look at everybody for fancy purposes, who won and who lost. We just talked about Tate, talked about the Eagles situation, all that. We obviously know Kenny Galladay is stepping up, as you said before, Joe. But the interesting thing, and I'll get your guys' opinion, look, I'm starting both of them. They're both wide receiver twos for me because this is back to Tate and Jones before Kenny Galladay was even a thing. Guess what? You're always starting both as wide receiver twos. Every couple weeks, one of them would be a wide receiver one. Every couple weeks, they'd be like wide receiver threes and fours. They have nice floors. I say the same thing for these two guys going forward, but if you told me if I could only have one, and I found this surprising, but there's a lot of people out there that still play in 10-team leagues and two wide receiver starting lineups. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) I got the question, if both are out there, who would you pick up first? Or also including Sutton. And I got to tell you, like of all these players that were affected by the trade yesterday, including Demarius Thomas, including all the rest, I'm taking Marvin Jones, and I'm taking Marvin Jones over Kenny Galladay. I don't, I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> I, mean, I, I actually agree with you. And I hate agreeing with you. I think <laughs> we're we've the only sensible people then? I don't know. Apparently that it's was not a hot sensible, take. but there's a track record, a history. Everything is, is tied in there. And I'm not saying Kenny Galladay can't be better. Of course, that upside's there. And when you look at the Kenny Galladay game log, you go, okay, well, last two games weren't great. But you know what? If you go back to week seven and you realize that there was a touchdown in there as well that got called back, all of a sudden that line looks much better. But I, I just, you know, we want to see that target volume go up. And I think all, all of us already know the target volume, the sustainable target volume for Marvin Jones is the thing you can rely on the most. So why wouldn't you be buying in on that? That's just, that's just good logic. Yeah, and if you look at Marvin Jones, you talked about track record. Let's look at him over the past couple of years. I mean, nine touchdowns. He has a season with 10 touchdowns, over 1,000 yards last year. He leads the team in red zone targets. He leads the team in, in targets inside the 10. He leads the team in air yards. So, uh, yeah, it's it's actually a no-brainer for me. And uh, I think that Kenny Dal- Galladay is a stud. I think he's, he's terrific. He's going to get some, you know, not that it's going to get more top coverage, but he's going to get more work. And it'll be interesting to see what he can do with – more targets and more usage, but for me, there's no question. I, I want Marvin Jones, and and you know, last week for people who, you know, were dropping him or not playing him, and he's available in ten team leagues. Just like go get him, and from here on out, even though the schedule does, there's some tough matchups. He's going to get a lot of volume. 
All right. Well, then speaking of volume and things changing, we have the other wide receiver, which is a huge one as well as the Demarius Thomas, as we talked before. But now again, from the fantasy perspective, Demarius Thomas off to the Texans, stepping into the Will Fuller role. This one, you know, actually, you know what? We'll come to the Texans second because I feel like that's going to take a lot more time. The Cortland <laughs> thing is, well, you Cortland Sutton is You're such a tease. Okay, Cortland Sutton steps in. He's the number two. We've wanted this to happen. We've seen the talent. We're excited for it. I say he is a wide receiver too, now low end. And I just said I would take him behind both of the Lions wide receivers because better quarterback, for one, when you talk about Galladay versus Sutton alone as of, of the rookies. But Sutton steps up here, and you want to talk about air yards, Chris, as I actually put this in the waiver column. Oh, over by theathletic.com front slash all in sports, save yourself 30%. Bing. So if you look at it, Sutton, air yards per target, 14.9. Demarius Thomas, who just left, 10.6. A dot 14 for uh, Sutton, 10.9 for Demarius Thomas. So stock up, Cortland Sutton, potentially better numbers than Demarius Thomas? Question mark? Uh, well, look, I think he's more... At this stage in both of their careers, I think that one of them is a little bit more explosive. I mean, I can't argue the court and Sutton certainly has a lot of big play upside. And I think at this point to Marius Thomas fitting into that Will Fuller role of I mean, a guy who might be able to catch a lot of touchdowns because of the uh, Hopkins. Oh, I'm sorry. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to compare them here because that's what that's he is the guy that left there. But I'm saying is Cortland Sutton certainly has enough ability and enough opportunity here to at least match your expectations of Demarius Thomas. And I, I would, if you, you know, kind of like the Marvin Jones discussion, I would actually say, yeah, I, if you had to pin me a, one way or the other, I would say more upside. So because of his athleticism, because of where he is, you know, what holds him back is a quarterback. But I think we all have known that going into the year. Yeah. Case Keenum is brutal, man. And that, and that's part of, you know, we'll talk about Thomas, I guess, in a second, but that's part of his struggles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, his A dot is down. Maybe they're not using him correctly. He definitely has lost his speed. But Case Keenum is is brutal, man. He's he's awful. He's missing guys left, right, and center. For but, Case Keenum. but for Sutton, I think this is what we all thought was gonna happen, you know, at the start of the season, where yeah, he's maybe he's a better dynasty pick and a keeper pick than a redraft league because Sanders and DT are still there. But there's a possibility that Demarius Thomas could get traded at the deadline, and this could open things up. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Look at the schedule. I mean, you got Pittsburgh, you got Cincinnati, you got San Fran, you got Cleveland, you got Oakland coming up. I mean, opportunity that is real nice. And yeah, he's going to have opportunity. Plus, he's already done things with being like the third option on that team. Like, right. yeah, he's not getting a, he doesn't have a game with over three catches, but he has several games with over 50 yards. He's found the end zone a couple times. So, yeah. If I, like I gave you future. for the next eight weeks, Cortland Sutton, 36 catches, 400 yards, and three touchdowns, what do you think of that? Yeah. I'd be happy. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. that's exactly what Demarius Thomas has done for the first eight weeks. All right, yeah. what is Demarius Thomas on the season? Wide receiver, let me guess, 34. Oh, I don't. You're the ranker. Yeah, come uh, on. No, that's not a rank. <laughs> no, I know it. Yeah. Things. No, I know. I'm just. <laughs> now I'm gonna check. I'm looking. Demarius. T- oh my God, he's 34. <laughs> like you didn't know that before you <laughs> yeah. said it. Like, are we all I supposed to sit here and believe your nonsense? Yeah. I am not yeah, buying into that. Yeah. Shame. Shame. I'm gonna stand behind you with a bell and ring the shame bell behind you. Seriously. You're about to get me fired up because you know how I feel about that. What, shame? Or like no. naked walks through the streets people, of Westeros? No. Just script. How people judging <laughs> my character. I know. That's why I'm doing it because it annoys you. Have you learned? It's yeah, been, don't you know, Joe? I, like, you should know by now. Come on. It's bro. been three years and change for us now. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, 30, he's 31st in PPR, by the way. Um, okay, so you're not quite right. 
So let's <laughs> let's un, let's unpack Demarius Thomas in Houston because this is another interesting one. And maybe you guys are both going to say, "I don't think it's a hot take." So we'll see again. Is gotcha. I said <laughs> Demarius Thomas is the one that I like. If you're telling me right now he's going to step into the Will Fuller role, yes, Will Fuller more explosive, better downfield. I not even comparing the two. They're two completely different wide receivers. Demarius Thomas should be in the slot at this point of his career, but he's probably going to play outside because Kiki QT is the slot receiver. But guess what? Kiki QT is also third in the pecking order. So I'm taking Demarius Thomas over QT, and that's the pushback I got. Like, I don't know. If you see what QT offers, he's going to be playing the slot. He's got all those quick throws and all this stuff. I was like, he's still third in the pecking order. Oh, I don't know. Demarius Thomas has lost a step and blah, blah. He's still third in the packing order. He's also not healthy. <laughs> exactly. He's hurt. Um, does last anybody care about that? Like nobody Kiki didn't play last week. Yeah, I just that's okay, what I don't understand. Let's, let's, like, let's assume he's healthy for the argument's sake. All right, but even assuming he's healthy, I feel there like was a lot of people who said they would take QT over to. But you know what that is. But you know what that is. That's that's the fascination with the shiny new toy. That's always what that is, and that happens every year. It's like, well, this is a guy came out of nowhere, and I picked him up, and I was ahead of it, so I'm the smartest person alive. Look at me, I'm the smartest man alive because I picked up this guy before other anybody else in my league. And you know, I mean, look, if Demarius Thomas slides into the Will Fuller role, look out because I hate to break it to you, kids. Talented as Will Fuller is and how productive he is, he's not as fully formed a wide receiver or route runner as I would say Demarius Thomas is. So Demarius Thomas has a chance potentially not only to match Will Fuller, but actually be a little bit more than just the up, oh, he caught a touchdown, yay, hooray for Demarius, hooray for Will Fuller slash Demarius Thomas. He could be more than that potentially in this offense. An offense also with a quarterback where we talk about Keenum holds him back, Watson enhances him. Exactly. So, that, I mean, that's that's where I go, Joe. Like Watson is, he's a player, man. And we saw last week with the five touchdowns, extending plays. You got the, I like that trio. The, the Texans, Demarius, DeAndre, Deshaun. All the Texans. Is that, is that a thing? Did you just coin that? Because I haven't heard that yet. Well, yeah, it's a thing. It, no, it's you. You did it. It is, it, it, is, it. it is a thing now. And for Kiki QT, Come on, man. He's had, again, it's the same thing. A couple like, of good, Oh, Chris, well, here's the only kind of argument. One of his good games was when Fuller wasn't playing, correct? You know, yeah, yeah. We really haven't. I mean, there's been very little time where we have of like all three of them together because QT missed the beginning too. So, but this is the only kind of argument I can understand a little bit is Deshaun Watson basically needs to get the ball out in two seconds. And Demarius Thomas can't even run around in two seconds at this point in his career. So that's the only point I could somewhat understand. I got to give Demarius the benefit of the doubt here that he's not all that. I've seen some drops and I know the speed is he's lost a step, as I mentioned earlier, but better quarterback play, better offense. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be a factor. And I think he'll be, I feel way better about him going forward than I did as a member of the Denver Broncos. Like I didn't even want to rank him as a wide receiver three, knowing that he's still going to get targets and could be a red zone option. It's just the quarterback play in Denver and the offense, the way that the offense was run. I just, I had no he just—he wasn't appealing to me, and now at least he is. I feel better if I'm a, a DT. So wait, so if Demarius Thomas so far was thirty-six, four hundred and three touchdowns, what's his next eight weeks? I, you think Same. it's over? Same, yeah. I would, and I, I think there's no, more. See, I think the touchdown might be more. I think you could look yeah. at five. At yeah, least. that's what I was gonna say. I think there's more upside. For that offense team. scores a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> there's a lot of touchdowns in the air for that t- that team. Yeah, I don't know if I'm buying the Lamar Miller Renaissance either necessarily. No. Hmm. One, uh, another, another soft matchup this week. 
Yeah, I'll, it's amazing. I'll he went like 26 games without 100 yards, and now he's got back-to-back games. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's why I'm, I refuse to buy into <laughs> it. It might be true, and if I owned him anywhere, I'd be starting him, but I'm not, I'm not relying on him. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying, okay, here's another 100-yard game every yeah, week no, from I, Lamar yeah. Miller. I lucked out. Things to finally turn the corner. No, because they've turned the corner before, and then he turns right back. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes in a circle. It's more of a circular pattern in terms you, of... So he's a NASCAR racer? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Lamar Miller is the NASCAR racer of uh, running backs in the NFL. <laughs> Boring. Hey, you know, there's one guy that I wanted to... And we kind of skipped over. I'm going back to Detroit. Like, who do you think goes into the slot, Jake? There's some talk out of Detroit. Theo Riddick. Brandon, Brandon Powell. No. Is a guy that led the Lions in catches yeah, and I mean, yards. It, it, I think it's going to be TJ Jones to start, but I mean, yeah. maybe they try. But Riddick's to start shown more. up there in the past, hasn't he? No, I know, but they, no, they have he options. They have options. Of, yeah, he'll get more receptions in the backfield. Like, if anything, Theo Riddick might end up going back to his fringe RB two three value that he's had before, especially in PPR. But it's it, it, actual wide receiver slot sets. It's going to be TJ Jones to start. Although they'll try to mix in Brandon Powell. I just. I think a lot of people are a little bit too excited what happened in the preseason. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, we get that. Now we've getting the talk from the team that, like, yeah, they were excited to see what, you know, we're always excited to see what people could do. We're also talking about somebody who's undrafted free agent from Florida that nobody was talking about. So, like, you know, let's temper our expectations a little bit here. I love the talk from the team. Martavis Bryan is a player. We're going to get him involved. Yeah, what did he do last week? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you always want to see. It doesn't mean that you're going to see anything. Speaking of, last trade, and we'll move on from this one quickly. Do you guys care at all about Ty Montgomery? Because I don't. I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't think anybody I mean, look, does. He, they traded for him to be a return guy, mix in a little bit with Buck Allen, but it's not. I don't think his value is changing at all. None. You don't care about him in fantasy still. I don't no. care. Nope. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Do you care at all what happens with the backfield with the Packers? Yeah, well, because Aaron Jones, I care about. Yeah, and I think Aaron Jones actually, for the first time this year, will get more than 15 carries against the Patriots. How about that? I don't th- well, but no, but I don't think that has anything to do with Ty Montgomery. That's what I'm saying. No, but you know what? He only needs like two or three more, and it's like two or three less that Ty Montgomery could take you know, away. So, you know what? It adds up. That's you know what the problem is? What? Patrick McCarthy's still pulling the LaShawn McCoy on him, and it's Jamal Williams when he gets to the red zone. I don't, you know what? Listen, uh, look, the guy's averaging six yards per carry. Even if, it, even if that's the case, you know what? The, he has the ability, if you give him three to five more carries a game, he could run one of them in way beyond the red zone, okay? So I don't want to hear about can, That's what we saw we last week. say yeah. that about everybody, but I, I'm... No, I can't say that about everybody. I can't say about every running no. back. I can say that about some every, of the... Everybody who's in this situation. So mm. that's what it was, it's everybody... It's good for Aaron Jones. It's not a negative. Yeah, it's no, good it's, for him because to what no, Joe said... anything. Like, you look Montgomery, though, like four or five carries. Look at his game lock. Like it's not carries, big addition by subtraction, but it is sm- slight. And for a guy like he's like a Kenyon Drake type guy, he only has to touch the ball, uh, you know, one time to make an impact on the game. And no, I know, you know I'm just trying to get everybody that. who's listening to temper the expectations for the people who are out there like all of a sudden Aaron Jones is some top 15 running back. Nobody can temper the expectations of Aaron Jones, man. It's, uh, he's one of the biggest high players in football. I know. It's been nonstop this year trying to get people to chill out, and it still isn't working. <laughs> Well, Joe, Joe brings up a good point. Look at Montgomery's game log. Five carries, four, five, four, four. Right. Those are, even if you just give Jones two to three more a game, two to three more touches a game, you see, you see what he did last week. He ran one in. Yeah, he's, he's not getting the touches on, on the five or the one. Well, what I'm saying but he's I don't touches. know that he necessarily. I know what you're saying. No, you don't, because I was going to say, I don't necessarily think he's yeah, I know getting more. He gets those. Yeah, I, I think he is, and I think he is. I, that's fine. Serious question. How is Tom Montgomery picked up in leagues? Like his ownership increased. 
Because people he think up 5%. he think, no, because people think he's replacing Buck Allen. People think that's 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 what people think. Come off it. <laughs> I, like your, I liked your first reaction better. Just come on, come on, come on. What are you doing? Come on. Uh, real quick, because I want to talk about some of these first half reactions that Joe proposed for the show, which I thought was good. But it, you know, I just made me think yesterday. Is this a testament? to holding some of your waiver money, holding that first waiver priority if you still play with that you know, archaic system. But to the point, I'm not saying from day one because you have to make waiver moves. But if you get to like weeks four or five, instead of chasing the QTs, knowing that, you know what, the past two years, we've seen some significant trades that have impacted fantasy in a big way. Like if Sutton happens to be in your league, you go spend your entire budget. You spend the number one waiver spot to go get Quilton Sutton, assuming obviously like the rest of the guys aren't out there. Like that's the kind of move we're making right now, similar to the baseball trade deadline for fantasy baseball. So I just, it came into my mind. I don't know if there's an argument one way or the other. I'm just, I'm legitimately 100% putting the question out there for both of you guys. Does what happened the past two years make you think once you get to weeks four or five, maybe let me pause a little bit, knowing what's coming after week eight for the trade deadline. Uh, I think it might be tending more. I, I think I'd have to look at what contracts are potentially coming up the following year. I think I have to go through that free agent list a little bit and guys who might be on the fence uh, organizationally. But you know what? It, it certainly gives me – I think it gives you pause anyway because I feel like the best time for the waiver wire is either in the very beginning of the year or from the second half on. So I feel like the second half on, once trades don't happen anymore and you have more injuries crop up and things like that, there's more opportunity. I always feel like it's that middle where, you know, people are throwing money at Browns wide receivers like Higgins hoping that he hits or things like that. There's a lot of weird stuff where people want to throw money on players just to be active on the waiver wire, not necessarily looking like those are long-term solutions. I think there's always the solutions are more long-term very early in the year or more in the second half of the year. Personally, I think that's where I stand. But then again, you can't go by me because I blew all my waiver wire money right in flex just trying to keep my head above water because of stupid Le'Veon Bell. Well, that's the thing, right? It's all about context. Like if you're in a situation where you right. lost Bell yeah, right. and you lost Fournette and you lost Freeman, you, know, you can't wait. Three, but, but you have my, to do it. Yeah. But I gave you some context. I said instead of yeah. chasing like the QTs yeah. of the world – you're like, you know what? Do I really need that? Or do I wait a few, like just two or three more weeks and know what potentially could change with like something like a Sutton situation? Yeah, I think definitely having, you know, that in the back of your mind, you get into this situation where all of a sudden, hey, look, there's six teams on by and all these injuries and then, then the trade deadline. Yeah, you can get yourself a legitimate player at this time of the year that can help you win the championship and put you over the top. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand saving money, Ugh. saving that number one. Waiver I'm claim. I'm 2020 uh, right now. It's not time, but yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing serious. The top is AJ Green, but I, I have a feeling he'll be taken care of one way or another. Like he's not going to be traded. And then Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but they're probably both out of their contracts next year, if anything. I mean, it's no, it's not, it's not a very good, it's not an enticing year, at least as of today, right now, Joe. Well, then I'll be spending all my Fab Week one days. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know what? I mean, there, there is a possibility you could see an overhaul in Cincinnati. I don't think that's completely outside the realm. Unlikely, but not impossible. So then it might be AJ Green and whoever's up next there at the time. See who they draft this year. Well, I, yeah, I think that's exactly. Well, look, you already got Tyler Boyd in house too. is having a fine season, but depending on what they do in the draft, that might give you an indication of how ready they are to turn things over potentially there. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's do this first half stuff. I like that idea for today. I'm so glad we have this first half because first half it's over. 
We're, I can't believe that's so depressing. It's so sad. We're already in the it second is. half. It's gone very fast. Yeah. Too fast. Too so, fast. First half surprises, biggest disappointments. We'll, we'll do it uh, position by position. Is, let me throw this out there real quick. This is your idea, Joe. But at quarterback, as much as people were hyping him, can, is this just still not – is it not Patrick Mahomes and who's the next biggest surprise? No, I, I think that's it exactly. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, really, nobody expected that. 26 touchdowns in eight weeks. I mean – Right. <laughs> he was still the 16th average – like ranked – or average average draft position quarterback, even on my fantasy league, which is generally ahead of the curve. Well, I, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with another one because that's just boring, you know, and I don't want to bore the people, but I'm going to go with Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. I, I think – 23 touchdowns for him, and and he's got the eight picks, but still, you know, what he's done so far, I'm shocked. I I did not buy any Andrew Luck shares anywhere because I was just way too concerned, and plus quarterback is so deep in those single quarterback leagues. There was no reason to take that risk. But look, you did? I have so much Andrew Luck. (laughs) You have so much Andrew (laughs) Luck. Well, look at you. That's why you're the all-in kid. No, but and, to be uh, honest, look, you're still right though, because even no. my most op- this this his outcome. Yeah, but right I got the Sean Watson shares, and I've got right. Russell was, Wilson shares, and I've got lots of other quarterbacks. Andrew Carson Luck, Ball. what he's doing right now was my most optimistic out. Like this is right. He's this hit is, this the most op- what you hoped exactly. So he's hit the highest end of your expectations. So for me, he's that guy. I don't, Chris, who's your guy? Yeah, I, I'd say Trubisky, but I think you know I'm not actually surprised he's a quarterback one. I I I'd like. You know, really? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I because you said real quick, I, like you know this because you and I talked about it. I wrote an article saying he was this year's Jared Goff, and I still wasn't sure he would be a QB one. Who he's I, running a lot too. I, That's what's the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. And and over on fan tracks, I know Joe and I were in a double quarterback league where we were fighting over him at the end. We were talking about that nonstop, and it was it, that was my comparison too, Jake. You know, Goff, you bring in all these new weapons, you bring in a new coach, a new system, and the fact that he had more rushing yards per game than Blake Bortles last year. So he's sneaky little ability, and that's what we've seen so far from him on the ground, almost 300 yards. So I'm gonna say, like, I thought he'd flirt with you know QB one in around that 12 range, maybe not quarterback eight right now. I think the biggest surprise for me overall would be apart from Mahomes is Matt Ryan. I was completely out on Matt Ryan. Last year, he had hardly any games with three touchdowns. He he looked brutal at times. He didn't understand the playbook. And maybe another a second year with Sarkeesian. We joked before in the past with Shanahan. Uh, part of it is because the defense has been so awful in Atlanta. He's, you know, he's had to throw the ball a ton, but he's been impressive. Like, this was a guy that I would not touch at all in a 12-team league, you know, drafting. He, I'm pretty sure he went undrafted in a lot of formats. And here we are right now. He's quarterback five on the season. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that you guys really left me with much. <laughs> I, guess, I, I, I guess I could say... Joe Flacco? No, I was going to say, like, <laughs> Andy Dalton, I guess. But yeah, That's not a decent one. He's had a pretty good year outside of the one turd yeah, game in Kansas City. But he's QB 12. It's not like... Yeah, whatever. He's ahead of guys like Wilson and Wentz. And Wentz. No, I'll take it the opposite direction. I'll take it as the biggest surprise, but it, it's he's not a disappointment because it's not like a ton of people were drafting him expecting QB1 numbers. But I will say I didn't expect Marcus Mariota to be this bad. Uh, yeah, see, I right. did. I was going to say, wait, wait for Joe to say, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I only did because... My, my expectation was kind of similar to Trubisky, which is when you bring in a new OC, it's not a cure-all that everything already, everything's sunshine and roses. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of people to buy into the system. It takes a lot of things to gel. Yeah, but players. I don't think you expected him to be quarterback 32 behind people who haven't even played the full season. Well, he, he hasn't played the full touchdowns. season either. He has three touchdowns in five minutes. But no, it's, yeah. it's pathetic. It's, it's absolutely pathetic. 
Yeah, so, everybody yeah. in that offense. We go right through. So every- was he your biggest disappointment slash biggest surprise? No, biggest disappointment at quarterback. I, I would have to say, so it's going to sound weird. Is that I, It's not that I was excited. I mentioned him before, actually. It's not, I was tr- not drafting him and I was like, ooh, I want him on my team. It was more what he was going to do for the team. I thought Case Keenum learned a lot from McVay and I was expecting a drop off because the talent wasn't the same, but I was expecting him to help Demarius Thomason. Although Emmanuel Sanders has jumped back in a big way. I was just expecting more of a revitalization for this offense than what he's done so far. Again, I wasn't expecting world beater numbers, but I still wasn't expecting him to like revert as much as he uh, He's basically reverted back to pre-Sean McVay Case Keenum. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. No, my biggest disappointment has <clears throat> actually been Russell Wilson. And I don't know if I want to blame that a little bit on the Baldwin injury, but maybe with Moore now stepping up, maybe that's well, a thing now. before the last three games. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. assuming, but overall, when you look at the – look, obviously it's trending in the right direction, so I'm hoping – Things are going better now, but I mean, year to date, you look at where he is in terms of passing. I mean, he's twenty fourth. He's the twenty fourth in terms of yardage. Yeah, I mean, you know why so that let is? Let me ask you this: the they, run, they got a run game now. Well, that's right. and they got a run game, so he's not running as much. His efficiency is beating the Falcons, which everybody can complain about the Falcons from two thousand sixteen. So the last three games, to your point, the passing yardage is one ninety eight, two twenty two, two forty eight. Twenty one attempts, twenty three attempts, seventy. Yeah, he's playing well. He's got nine touchdowns. No, no, that's what I'm agreeing with you. It's like, yeah. that has to be a concern, right, Joe? Look, uh, what I'm saying is that Chris pointed out too, there, there is some semblance of a running game now. There finally are some people also stepping up. The dynamic of Russell Wilson being the only guy and why he was such a fantasy darling last year, I didn't expect it to drop off quite so much. But I do think that as these guys grow and continue to play better, there's opportunity for more points and opportunity for more points also helps out Russell Wilson. So I think the trend is going in the right direction, but I'm a little disappointed. That's all. There's a few things. One, we've seen this before from Russell Wilson, the slow starts. And then right. That's the other thing. Incredible second half. Right. November and December Two, the run game. Uh, Chris Carson has 90 carries in his last four games. He's averaging 95 yards on the ground and 22 carries per game. And the defense, the defense, nobody could say the defense is going to be this good. I mean, they're top, they're top five against the pass and the run right now, according to Football Outsiders. Like, this is a defense that's playing. And for Russell Wilson starting to find his groove, they're running the football more than they're passing it. And I don't know who alluded to it. He's not running around as much as we've seen before. So, for one, we look at last year, offense ran completely just through him. They had no run game. He was just running around trying to save his life and throwing it to Baldwin all the time. That's why we like Baldwin. That's why we like Russell Wilson. Hey, the defense is going to be bad, and he's going to throw the ball a ton. That's just not the case this year. All right, so let's move on to running back. So, biggest surprise. Uh, Chris, you get to go for it. No. Nope. Chris, I'm just, just breathing. Should I stop that? I think yes. I would yes. say <laughs> – for me, the biggest disappointment I probably would no, be... No, surprise. No, See, I'm yeah. going disappointment. Okay. Jordan Howard. <laughs> <laughs> disappointment yeah, and surprise. Listened. Disappointment and surprise. Uh, Jordan yeah. Howard. I thought Jordan Howard okay. would be a little bit better, and, you know, Tariq Cohen is is stealing snaps from him and stealing touches, and I, I think that's been very disappointing. I could sit here and talk about four or five running backs who've been hurt, but that's kind of cheating. All right, yeah. so what am I doing here? Am I doing my uh, apparently surprise? Apparently, whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> All right, well, I'll do my surprise, which is Adrian Peterson, because I did draft him in a lot of spots where everyone kind of left him for dead at the end of drafts, even when he had signed with the Redskins. And I thought, eh, what's, what's it going to cost me? Nothing. I'll find out. Yeah, well, hold on, Joe. I'm going to yeah. say the same thing I told Bob Harris yesterday. You make it sound like it's – and I'm not saying, like, 
Okay, that's just about to sound accurate. <laughs> it's all right. I'm used to your condescension. No, 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 no. I was going to say, you make it sound like you were the only one. And I'm not, no. I'm saying that in a good way. I'm saying, like, I said the same thing to Bob yesterday. We all thought Adrian Peterson was dead. Well, I'm not saying that I didn't think he was dead, but I also feel like the Adrian Peterson narrative is always something that every time you think he's dead, he, you know, he's appropriate for Halloween because he's like the zombie of football. Every time you think he's dead or you leave him for dead, he comes back alive to eat your brain. And that's exactly what he's doing this year. Uh, isn't he just, he's basically the T-1000. Well, all I know is that he's got 587 yards rushing on the year. He's averaging 4.6, and he's got four touchdowns on the year. Now, would you like to touch us? So what I'm saying is, like, you look at Adrian Peterson, and in terms of end of the draft value or waiver wire pickup value, he's got, he's got a good matchup this week against the Lions. I mean, uh, um, excuse me, against the Falcons. It's, it's a great opportunity for him to keep padding those stats. So for me, it's a biggest surprise. How about you? So biggest surprise, and it's going to sound insane. Like, obviously, off the top of my head, it would be like James Conner to be as good as he's been. Like, mm-hmm. they, we all expected the potential. But I don't think anybody out there, even in the most positive scenario, was going to say he'd be the number two, number three running back and be this good. So I'm throwing him out there just as a sidebar. I'm going to say this, but it's, it might sound crazy, but legitimately, <laughs> it's Todd Gurley. Because if you would have told me Todd Gurley is going to have last year's season, and then you say, you know what? Tiger is not going to just do what he was doing last year. He's going to average five more <laughs> points per so game. <laughs> that that's what I'm. That's why it's surprising to me. It's because it's like, all right, Todd Gurley's still the number one running back. That's fine. There's tons of people taking him as the number one. The gap between him and second place is five points. Second place, James Conner is averaging what Todd Gurley did last year, and that's what's insane to me is that he ticked it up that much more. And yeah. you hear last week, uh, he, you know, he had a down week, a bad week. Yeah, 114 yards in the ground. Yeah, what a disappointment. Oh, yeah, we had one touchdown. He's got 11 <laughs> touchdowns on the year, 11. Chris, he scored a touchdown in 11 straight te- games. Yeah, my buddy texts me at the end of the game, and I told Joe already, uh, you were gone for Mondays. Like, he switched over to the TVs, and I was switching to, you know, change my program and stuff like that. But he texted me, he's like, oh, my God, Todd Gurley. And I was like, oh, God, tell me he got hurt at the end of the game. And I flipped it back. I was like, what? He's still there. He goes, no, he kneeled. I was like, oh, yeah, 200 total all-purpose yards almost and a touchdown. God forbid he, like, oh, it's such a terrible day. He looks more like a boss that he kneeled because he's been there before. Like, listen, I've scored a touchdown 11 straight games. I already got one today. I score one every single game. I'm the man. I'm going to kneel here. It doesn't matter. So, I, yeah, Todd Gurley has been very impressive. To, to your point, Joe, about AP, like, he's a top 10 running back in standard formats. Yeah. He's, R- <laughs> he's RB9. Uh, I know, and he was free. I love free stuff. And All another right. guy who's free. free, one of my surprises is James White. Like this guy oh, was free. No. Nobody wanted James White. I did. Uh, I did. I did too. And nobody. And no. And all I kept thinking about Rex Wait. Burkhead. It was like, come on, guys, stop Wait. with the Rex Burkhead. Okay. When I say nobody wanted him, I'm saying that he went late in no. drafts. Like, is you're right. No, guy. you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. And I was like, I'd yeah. be honestly, Chris. I said, you know, I'd, I'd be grudge. Like we know this. I said, I don't want anything to do with the Patriots running back. But I said, if you're gonna give me whoever. If I have to take one, I'm taking the one that's free, and it was James White. And that's All right, it. so who's your disappointment, Jake? At running back? Yeah. I, I kind of agree with the Jordan Howard. I'm, I'm with you on that, Chris. Uh, you know, I expected more. Um, even with Tariq Cohen, I still expected you know, at least a, li- a little bit more share of what's going on here. Outside of him, I don't know if there's other huge ones. I mean, you know, because Rashad not- Penny? Well, I mean, obviously, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. again – that's injury. That's also not getting a chance to play. Like I was saying, I'm going down the list and there's like Leonard Fournette hurt. Delvin Cook hurt. Well, I'll tell you what, mine is Kenyon Drake. And my disappointment with him is that, you know, you see these flashes. 
Well, he's well, no, no, because I think now that, but this is my frustration with him. It's like you see him playing well in the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, what's your problem, Adam Gase? Why can't you get this guy the football more? And that's what's infuriating because I feel like when he gets the right amount of touches, he impacts the game, and yeah. it just it makes my head hurt. And I think what happened was. They were sticking with Gore early, and they happened to get Ws, and they didn't realize they were still a crap football team, and that somehow skewed their game plan, and then they kept with it way too long, and now they're getting away from it again a little bit and getting Kenyon Drake the ball more. So I'm hoping that it's only a temporary disappointment, but he's been disappointing for me. Today. Oh, yeah, and, and Rashad Penny's the truth. I mean, I, I the, the funny thing is, let's talk about two teams, Ronald Jones and Rashad Penny. Now, both of them have dealt with injuries, but two teams that spent really high draft picks on rookie running backs – and then basically, for any given reason they could find, refuse to use him. And I know they both had their struggles and they both got hurt. But at the same time, obviously the GM and the coaches weren't on the same page with either of those teams when it comes to that. Wide receiver, I'm going to go first. With that. I'm, going to, I'm going to pull the same thing I just did with a, a running back. Despite the fact I argued and said, you need to draft Thielen over Diggs. Despite the fact I said that this is a better matchup fourth healing given Kirk Cousins and his use of the slot receiver despite how much I hammer the table that you need to draft Keenan Thielen ahead of Diggs again similar to Gurley I wasn't even expecting that the guy almost has a thousand yards already a hundred yards in every damn game staggering nobody expected that Uh, I'll tell you what my surprise guy is John Brown because I always felt like Brown had talent the opportunity was spotty but I was like you're gonna go to Baltimore I don't know how that's gonna work out but you know what uh, he's been outstanding and almost on a weekly basis. I think it was a one game where Crabtree basically outplayed him. But outside of that, I mean, he's had the explosiveness. He's had some good PPR games as well. He's had touchdowns. And John Brown to me is a guy that I actually feel pretty good about. If it, you know, it's dangerous to double and look at the first half. And but I see no reason why he's not going to go over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year. With tell him, Chris. What? Tell him what? Tell him. Tell him what? You and I specifically. I call John Brown a top twenty-five wide receiver this year. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that, but I'll take your word. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, you did. And and I think we were all three of us were all on Thielen. I mean, I didn't think. He Again, not to this records. degree. And I know. You know, if I had to pick yeah, up. Yeah, but you know what? But there was a lot of negative Thielen talk. There was. There's you know a lot of. Digs better, digs. Digs better, digs is better. Yeah. And it's only recently I'm starting to see Thielen now ranked at. I think, Jake, we talked three or four weeks ago on, you know, all in sports about your your rankings. And it's like, man, Thielen, like, he deserves to be up in the top three every single week getting these looks. The biggest surprise, and, and Joe touched on him earlier, is, is Tyler Boyd for me. What a year he's having. Great year. Yep. Joe, we talked about him after week Ten. two, I think, mm-hmm. when when it was um, after that Thursday night game and we were looking at the ownership between him and John Ross and we were seeing John Ross had three catches. Right. And I was like, no, Boyd's the truth. Boyd with, you know, double-digit targets and catches. I think he had the 91-yard score and a touch against Baltimore. So he's been great in the slot. Uh, phenomenal. Three 100-yard games from him already. So very, very surprising and just a solid, solid wide receiver too that, you know, you just plucked off the waiver wire. All right, so I would say the one other one I would throw out there is Robert Woods. I mean, I yeah, top ten wide receiver. Like seriously, did not think. Like, well, hell, even with Cooper Cup missing time, they still have three wide receivers inside the top twenty. That's just insane. So he's got at least seventy yards in every game besides week yes. one. Yes, uh, my disappointment um, is honestly, you know what? There's a few here. Like I, Doug Baldwin's injury, so you can kind of throw him out. Allen yeah, Robinson, that doesn't same, count. Allen Robinson, same thing. I think Chris Hogan's going to come to mind for a lot of people, and I would say that similar to Rashad Payne. Like, I legitimately thought Chris Hogan was going to be a top 30 wide receiver 
I, this even with the trade, like it was just the scenario was there perfect for him. But the one that I'm going to say is probably the most surprising to me. And it's not that he's had a terrible season, but I expected a lot more for Jarvis Landry. And the, the, the sad thing is, is I'm sure you guys remember this. I went back and forth. Initially, I was completely off him because I said, you talk about, I told you guys this. I said, you take away 20, 25 of his targets. He's not even a wide receiver two anymore. But then they got rid of Josh Gordon, and I'm like, oh, you know what? You suck me back in. I'm back in on Jarvis Landry. There's going to see 100. Well, Todd Haley's gone now, so maybe maybe things are looking maybe. up. <laughs> but see, that's why. It's like I was going off the targets, and the thing is he is on pace for like 100. He's got 90 he's targets. Second, he's second in I the know. league in targets. I, I, I think you hold out some hope there because I, I think yes. – I think he definitely hold. For me, uh, the guy that I think is disappointing, and it goes back to the Tennessee offense, is Corey Davis. I mean, I think we all see the yeah. talent that's Corey Davis, but in terms of turning that talent into productivity, he's just in a rock and a hard place now. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's hard to imagine next year getting better. And I don't know what the QB situation is going to be over there. I have no idea. How about you, Chris? Who's your guy? Yeah. Corey Davis is a great one. I, you know, I started to get ticked off when I hear people talk about how he sucks. Like Corey Davis is just he not good. Suck. Like, he doesn't suck. He's great. He's just in a really, really bad situation. And yeah, Mariota, and it's just everybody on that team. We, we skipped over Henry. All three of us thought Henry would be bad, but he may not even get 400 rushing yards this year. That's how bad he's been. So Keenan Allen's been a little disappointing to me. I know the touchdowns haven't been there. Um, you know, I'll go down the list a little bit with, um, yeah, you already brought up Hogan. Hogan's a good one. How about Larry Fitzgerald? Like Larry Fitzgerald was still kind of counted yeah. on. Oh, he's the, back now. Yeah, it was sure. He's back now, but you know, do, do you own him? <laughs> because you probably dropped him weeks ago when he was getting one or two targets. So I just feel like he's been a little bit disappointing, but out of top, top tier wide receivers, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has been, you know, one touchdown, you know, no Hunter Henry. You expect him to get uh, more usage in the red zone, but it's just been a lot of Melvin Gordon uh, all day. All right. Well, I know where we're going at tight end, so I'm going to just take the lead and you guys jump in. So because the most surprising is Eric Ebron, because I know that for a fact, because every Lions fan in the world hates his living guts for being so good. Now he's not with the Lions anymore, but and probably Jerry Cook too. But we let's talk about as we close out. The most disappointing because it's Rob Gronkowski. There's not, there's not a debate. No, it's yeah. Gronkowski. yeah it's and the biggest question is not just this. It's the one that you proposed, Joe. It's the same thing. And we, you and I just kind of talked about off the show the other day. Is Rob Gronkowski done? I mean, because if you watch that game, he looked toast in that game. Like, I'm not even ranking him in the top five going forward. I don't know how you can. I agree. I feel weird ranking him outside the top five every single week. But it's just... Yeah, I, I joke and speak to this more watching Gronk every single week. But yeah, it, you know that all the injuries take a toll on your body, and eventually you just kind of shut down. And Gronk, that's kind of what I've seen from him over this the whole course of the season. Is he just doesn't look the same? He doesn't look healthy. He's he's getting hit. It's taking him a little bit longer to to get up off the ground and to get back to the huddle. Like it's it's tough. And you know he's been a great trade candidate just on name value alone over the past couple weeks. If you're a Gronk owner, you should have done that already. Dude, you know, backs are terrible, terrible injuries. And he's had a lot of injuries, too. I think this is also the accumulation of injuries. I don't think his hands have been the same since the multiple elbow injuries. Like if you go back and look, watch early Gronk, it's not the same in terms of catching the football. You see him drop a lot of balls nowadays. Uh, you could see the way he's moving and running. It just looks like somebody in pain. And, you know, like, I mean, you know, Chris Carpenter in baseball, that was a guy who was a lot of, of – uh, uh, excuse me, Matt Carpenter um, for the Cardinals. He had a lot of back injuries the last couple of years. The back was finally healthy, and he hit 30-plus home runs this year. So things can go in the right direction, but this is the NFL, and I, I'm just not holding out hope. And the contact sport that this is, I'm just concerned that he's done. And going forward, 
I mean, you got to put Kelsey, Ertz, those guys at the top. I, I don't see any situation where Gronk, until he drops precipitously, becomes a good investment. And even then, I don't know. I think, think he might just retire at the end of this year. I really do. He's right. making commercials. He's doing Surprise all kinds kicker, of stuff. Jake? Huh? Surprise kicker? <laughs> <laughs> one that makes a, how about one that makes a field goal? How about that? That's my that's a surprise kicker. Anybody that still plays with those pork chop sandwiches. All right, we have to close things out. It is Halloween. Uh, instead of doing candies, because I already ranked the candies on the athletic. I already did that. And people yelled at me too many non-chocolate things at the top. Well, no, you just don't know what real candy is. I'm sorry. Deal with it. Joe had a better idea because everybody does candy. And it really doesn't matter anyway, Joe, because the number one forever and all time is the special edition holiday themed. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Those are the all-time best and forever. There is no debate. I don't care what you guys say. So let's talk about what you wanted to talk about. I said, let's do uh, what would we be for Halloween if we were dressing up with an NFL-inspired costume. And I'll go first since this is my idea. I want to be Bob Wiley from the Cleveland Browns. I want to be the offensive line coach, and I want to have a big, giant gut with the long hair and the hat. And I'd say, trick or treat. Trick or treat, and I'm gonna do it. I can have a little like a like a automatron. Like, yeah, I'm gonna gonna have a string and uh, attached to my belly, and I'm just gonna pull it up really fast when I say trick or treat every time when I go to the door. That's my costume. (laughs) I I think I'd be Hugh Jackson, man. I just like have a little cardboard sign on the side of the road, (laughs) looking for a job. Help me out. I I don't recall that. The funniest thing about Hugh Jackson, I think that's the reason that they fired him right on the spot is like when they asked him a question, like what, you know, there was a play in the second quarter, you know, you didn't call a timeout and he's like, I don't recall that you're done. You look at other coaches around the league, like Sean McVay. What you, what did you guys call on third and seventeen in two thousand and thirteen? And he'll yeah, tell no. you exactly what happened. <laughs> it's like, see you later, Hugh Jackson. It's not it. even just. And I understand the one with like I could somewhat excuse the Kirk Cousins, like you like that game because that one is it's kind of. But he remembers yes. other ones too, and it's not just that. He's like, no, this he's all over. I'll, entire play listed out the, the, by name, then who it went to, what the result was, how much time, like what the, I, the, the guys. Listen, I'll be in Cleveland this week for the the Mensa Chiefs guys? The Browns game. I'll be at that game, and I'm I, I guarantee we'll we'll hear some Hugh Jackson chants. Really? You're gonna be awesome. at the Chiefs Browns game? Yeah, that's why I won't be with you guys on Monday. I'll be at that. Uh, you're coming to America, and you're not visiting us. Well, I'm going to Cleveland. <laughs> like <laughs> That'll said, teach you. you guys, By you guys the way, do you know the Cleveland? story about apparently how that all worked? Like Hugh Jackson was on his way, literally down the hall to. <laughs> fire Todd Haley and then Dorsey called him in his <laughs> office like hey Hugh come here a sec and then like he fired him that's amazing <laughs> you know what I wish and I said this on the black book show that's just is gonna come out tomorrow while we're having this conversation because I didn't hear that story Welsh told me I said wouldn't it be amazing if they sat at a table the three of them and Hugh Jackson was like Todd I'm sorry we have to let you go and then Dorsey turned around to Hugh Jackson went Hugh I'm sorry we have to let you go and it was just like I'm firing in a round like just like around the table I fire. I wondered how the Haley firing went. Like he probably heard, "Oh wow, nice. Hugh Jackson's gone. Mm, they're gonna go with me now." And then right. later, it's like, "No, you're gone too, man. No, everybody's gone. You're all gone. Everyone's gone except Greg Williams, Bounty Gate Greg Williams. You get to coach an NFL team again." For yeah, a how about weeks. that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the NFL gets away with that. I really don't. I mean, that's that's a bad look. It's a bad look. Who's your costume? Do you have one, Jay? Uh, well, since I'm not a huge Halloween person, I I I would just be Amari Cooper because then I wouldn't have to show up. No, <laughs> you could just be a ghost. 
just be a ghost. Like that. I mean, I was gonna think like the only other thing was maybe like go take a net or air conditioner, just put it over my head, and then I could just be able to back them. But you know, that, that's. I think you could actually pull off Sean McVay costume. Like you, like if you had the Rams thing, I think you could basically kind of pull that. Wand my hair out. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think you could pull that one off. I good. Could. I'd like to see you wearing Ezekiel Elliott thing with like a crop top though. Oh God. <laughs> Nobody you know wants to see that. I have like a two pack. <laughs> He's dead. A two pack. You know what's funny about that Greg Williams thing, not to backtrack before we get out of here, that Dorsey comment that he had about um, Greg Williams and he just said, come to work every day and treat people the way you want to be treated. <laughs> He's talking about Greg Williams like that's the wrong quote to have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Greg Williams actually took those guys out. Maybe that's what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah there's a bounty on them. Is that what you're telling yeah, me? Yeah, he put a bounty on Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. <laughs> oh, good times. All right. Well, yay. I was going to do a close myself, but now go ahead, Joe. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff, Chris. Everybody yours and... Well, first of all, right here on Patreon again. Whoa, tomorrow- on, time out, time out, time out, time out. Wow. I started to cut you off, but I saw this as we're leaving the show. As we're cutting, your t- PJ Williams was defensive player of the week. What the hell did I miss? I don't know. I like PJs though. I I'd stay in my PJs all day. PJ Williams has been the worst second, third, like one of the three worst corners matchups this entire season. Was he the one that got the pick six? Is that the only reason they gave it to him? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably. it. One play. That's just insane to me that he got defensive. Play. I'm sorry, Joe. I saw that news and that just set. Oh, no, but it, it makes sense. I mean, that's, you know, it, you got to look at who's voting for these things. You they know. traded for Eli Apple because of him. Or maybe the uh, the outside corner I can't even think of right now. Anyway, the secondary sucks ass outside of Market, Marshawn Lattimore. This is just insane to me. But anyway, go, go ahead. Are you throw? Are you throw? Start okay, I'm fair. <laughs> so where can we find your stuff again? <laughs> uh, well, first of all, you need to all, uh, November 1st is tomorrow. That's sign-up day. You sign up for All in Sports over on Patreon. Also, I got a fun special planned because uh, if you go up to the highest tier, you also get the monthly special, not only all the shows and the black books and the live stream stuff, which is going to start happening in November, uh, but you're also going to get the live special. And I got a fun topic idea for that special, so you're going to want to get a piece of that right now. But look, even if you just want to get in on the ground floor, there's a $5 tier and come join us. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great show. We're going to do all the sports. We're going to talk sports, not just fantasy. We're going to go through everything. And of course, the Black Book. Uh, you can check that out every uh, Monday and Thursday over on the Fantrax Podcast Network. And that's everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of them go check it out there as well. How about you, Meanie? Where are you at? Yeah, doing some stuff at Fantrax as well um, for the hockey fans. Uh, Neil Parker and I taking care of the hockey fans once a week and, and doing my own little podcast. I'll have Welsh on this Friday, you know, covering football, basketball, all the good stuff. And then with Jake at The Athletic, for, again, for the, the hockey fans and the NBA fans, doing a waiver wire piece every single week. Get that out there on Sunday for the people to make their moves in time for the week. And, uh, yeah, of course, this show that I love. And Friday, last Friday. free show. That's right. Last free show this Friday. Me and Meany talking Ooh. sports, baby. Yeah. It's going to be fun without Jake. Unsealed. Unsealed. Yeah. So no not listen to directions of each other. So there you go. You That's know right. Where, <laughs> you know where to find me at all in kid at the athletic.com front slash all in sports to save you guys a discount. So you can see mine and Chris's stuff and, you know, save 30% while you're doing so. And again, ours, you go to the Patreon. This is where you found it anyway, because that's where we're putting out the link for you. So you can check it and find it. Go there front slash all in sports sign up appreciate it support us oh joe 
I forgot. Well, not only the Keenan Allen thing, but we have the t-shirts that I've been selling too. There's the check the link and the band kickers t-shirts. Yes. Right? So, check the link t-shirts. Classic. I, I yes. have worn mine. I like the check the link t-shirt. By the way, to your point, I didn't realize this because I, I bought them for other people. I never opened one until I had one left over. The material of the first shirt, the, the second version shirts that I switched the company that uses it, the much better. They're softer, oh, good. more comfortable. Wow. Not that, that first Send me version, one for Christmas. So this is kinda, I'll know. pay the shipping. Soft. Okay, the shipping. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pay the shipping cost because I know you. So either tweet me or email me. <laughs> let me know if you want one. I've already got five orders on them. So it's it's twenty bucks. You don't pay shipping. Like it's fifteen bucks. Well, like actually, whichever way you want to look at it. I'm not taking any money in my pocket, is what I'm saying. So we'll be back <laughs> Friday. These two will be back. We'll all be back on Monday. I'll be back tomorrow on the other all in sports stuff. So lots of stuff happening. We'll see you next time.